and welcome back to Witch Fix. I'm Sarah and today I'm going to be talking about Circle of Three book eight, The Five Paths by Isabel Bird. And I can safely say that even though it is the eighth book in the series, this is probably my favourite one since the second book in the series, Merry Meet. This is definitely a book where a lot of stuff happens. I was reading this one at quite a pace I mean these are quick reads anyway but I read this one in a matter of hours because I was really interested to find out what was going to happen the overall plot of this book is that at the beginning of the new school year all the girls get together and they decide to perform a new moon ritual to imbue a charm with ideas and hopes and energy for the new year for example Annie blesses an old pen uh a silver fountain pen that belonged to her dad because she wants to join the school paper and she wants to make him proud and follow in his footsteps as a writer and Sasha who's the teenage girl who was the runaway she blesses the key to the house she now shares with her foster mother because it's the first home that she's ever really known and she wants it to be a good home. Cooper has purchased a pentacle necklace which is the five-pointed star with the circle around it, in case you have somehow never seen a pentacle. She blesses it because she wants to wear it and be reminded of her pagan faith, basically, and to experience more surety about it after everything that happened with her potentially leaving the group in book six. Um, so she wears that to school, and the first day that she wears it, she's called into the principal's office and is told, uh, quite surprisingly, that there have been a number of complaints about her wearing it from not just students, but staff as well, because they think it's a satanic symbol and that it is on a sort of watch list that they received at training for identifying students who might possibly be violent in school. So basically they've been warned to watch out for people with this symbol because they might potentially have an interest in the occult and there might potentially be a danger to other students in terms of school shootings and things that quite happen quite a lot in America and uh, have happened I think in Canada as well. So that's some pretty heavy stuff to introduce into the book. Uh, Cooper is not happy about this. She basically argues that just because people are ignorant about what the pentacle actually means that doesn't mean that she's responsible for their fears about her it's just a symbol at the end of the day and it's not one that has the meaning that they've ascribed to it which is correct she's asked to remove it she says no and so they suspend her and so her dad who is a lawyer takes her to appear in front of the school board to fight for her right to wear this religious symbol and this causes a very large community flare-up between the people of Beecher Falls where the, the book is set who are okay with people who practice Wicca and the people who are ignorant about it and who believe that it's Satanism and that it shouldn't be allowed in schools. This also brings up some consequences for other members of this little coven grouping um, one of which and the major one of which is that Kate comes out to her parents as being a Wiccan which is sort of the event that we've been waiting for or that I've been waiting for at least since book one when she got interested in it and she knows and she notes then in the plot that her parents probably wouldn't be okay with it because they're quite religious and quite conservative and honestly I always thought that she was making kind of a big deal about it I've been quite lucky in that I have a family who's accepting of it in well I wouldn't say accepting but they're prepared to just kind of eye roll it as just oh being one of those weird things that you do 
so I've never really had to deal with people being very anti-paganism, but Kate's family fly off the handle in a really fucking unprecedented way. They forbid her from going out, from seeing any of her friends, from attending the witchcraft classes she's been going to, and they make her see a therapist and her priest, which is, it would be funny if it wasn't something that I believe could happen to someone in America or Canada. So the majority of the book is taken up with the court case. There's probably going to be some spoilers in this bit now because I'm going to talk about the rest of the plot. But essentially, the first meeting with the school board, she's told that her wearing that symbol is the same as someone bringing a swastika or a confederate flag into a school uh, because it means things to people that it didn't necessarily mean at the time of its creation, i.e. that the swastika used to be a Hindu symbol and then was adopted by obviously Nazi Germany, and that the Confederate flag was initially a symbol of the states that ceded from the Union and is now pretty much universally just a symbol for racists. That is some reasoning that they've used there. It's definitely not reasoning I agree with because it's very easy to identify the Nazi swastika because of the way that it's drawn on the coloured background that it's drawn on. If you see Hindu art that features the swastika, it's pretty easy to tell that that is that art and it's not a Nazi symbol. But when you see it in the way that it appears, obviously in war films and everyone's seen what the Nazi swastika looks like, you can tell the two apart very easily. And with the Confederate flag, the Civil War in America was definitely a war that was about slavery. Maybe not on the face of it to begin with, because Obviously, white people in the North didn't really want to free slaves any more than white people in the South. But at the end of the day, that's what the conflict came down to. And that's the what came from it. And the way in which that flag is used is, again, you can see it's racist when, you know, someone's wearing on a T-shirt and doing a white power salute. When it's in a museum that is commemorating the actual war, then you can tell that it's not being used as a symbol of active oppression and hatred. But... I think the, the way that people, most people experience the pentagram now, or the pentacle, pentagram, you see it on New Age things, you see it in New Age shops, you know that it's a symbol of paganism, and maybe if you're familiar with the word Wicca, with Wicca, it's been used obviously in TV shows about witches now, principally in Charmed, you see it quite a bit. So I think people are used to it now not being a symbol of Satanism. There is the inverted pentagram, which people perhaps have a bit more of a, a narrow view on because they see that as being a, a symbol of satanism but i think the classic upright facing pentacle people now know is it's not an evil symbol in any way if they've been the least bit exposed to pop culture having said that this book was obviously published a while ago so i can see how that wouldn't have been so prevalent then this was published in 2001 for example so i think that was quite a bigger issue then and I remember seeing on forums and things in the early 2000s that people did think that it was like a devil symbol and when they've had it on like bumper stickers and stuff their cars have been vandalized and things like that so I understood the issue that they were going for but I thought that some of the reasoning that the detractors of Cooper's case used was a bit flawed and a bit extreme so Cooper is banned from wearing her pentacle and is told that if she can get enough signatures on a petition, she will have her case reheard by the board. and She can present further evidence. Unfortunately, Sherry Adams, bitch of the series, goes around collecting signatures for a petition to say that Cooper is a Satanist and that her symbol should be banned from the school. So there's that going on. An article is written about Cooper in the paper 
so the whole town gets to hear about it and there's then letters written into the paper both by witches and pagans and also by people who are very anti-pagan so the community starts to kind of bubble up and because Sasha's foster mother writes a letter in she is then investigated as being potentially an unfit foster mother which um, I'd love to say is far-fetched and fantastical but you don't have to google very far to find stories where things like this have happened and where people have tried to use the pagan religion of someone as a, a way to show that they're not a fit parent so there's that um Annie writes an article for the school paper where she exposes herself as a witch. Consequently, her boyfriend, who she acquired in the previous book, who's called Brian, uh, he breaks up with her because he doesn't want to be with her. She's going to be involved in that. Um, to be honest, I think she should have been honest with Brian. She should have told him before the article came out. But he is generally before that quite derisive towards uh, Cooper's interest in paganism and witchcraft. So I can understand why. Um, it kind of rationalises the decision for Annie to not tell him. For Kate, this kind of pushes her forward a little bit because obviously her parents read the paper and they find out about Cooper's interest in witchcraft and they say um, quite horrible things about Cooper and then they say, oh, has she ever tried to get you to do any of this weird witch stuff? To which Kate's response is that no, because she was the one who got Cooper into it in the first book and that's the point at which her parents go batch it essentially ban her from seeing her friends and ban her from doing anything really to do with wicker and magic and and they also find out that her boyfriend tyler is uh practicing pagan and they forbid her from seeing him as well so she basically loses everyone that she knows but she is able to finally tell jessica and tara who are her two friends who were in the first book and were her kind of normal teenage friends She's able to tell them about her interest in Wicca and they are refreshingly okay with her interest in it and they're like, oh, okay, well, this is just something that you're interested in and obviously we don't really understand it that much, but you've explained it to us a bit and, you know, it's your thing, so you can do whatever you want. I liked this book because there's so much tension and it's like ramping up and for once the stakes are really high and they're really real i mean i know there have been books in the series that dealt with you know a murder suspect and with um, a runaway teenage girl and things like that but because the plots were quite simplistic and because of the way that it was written you kind of know that everyone's going to be okay at the end of it it felt a bit like one of those kind of nancy drew stories where it's like oh okay old man smithers is gonna chase us but we all know he's gonna get arrested at the end I've never actually read a Nancy Drew book, but I assume that's what they're like. This book felt like there was a lot more at stake. It's not just the fact whether Cooper will get to wear her pentacle or not, whether she's going to be able to basically express her religious freedom. It's also the interpersonal relationships between all the characters that are at stake. So you've got Cooper's history teacher picking on her and potentially affecting her education. You've got Kate not being able to see her friends anymore. It puts a big strain on Sasha being adopted by Thea and, you know, potentially she's going to get taken away from her newfound home. Uh, Annie is out with Cooper and TJ and Sasha as well and they actually get attacked by like drunk frat guys who obviously read about her in the paper and they want to cause trouble and perhaps most crucially Cooper's relationship with her parents because on the one hand her dad is representing her as a lawyer he's 
fighting for her rights because it is a, a right that you have um to express your religious freedom and just because you are part of a minority religious group doesn't make your religion any less worthy than one that's very well represented like christianity just because someone thinks that your belief in witchcraft and wicca and the goddess and all the rest of it is ridiculous doesn't mean that you're not allowed to celebrate it because basically if you are not in a religion of course that religion looks fantastical and bizarre to you i mean looking at christianity they go to a big church that they've built and they talk to an invisible sky dad who cares very much about whether they eat shrimp or you know mix of wool and linen or if they have sex before marriage and that seems patently ridiculous if you haven't been raised with it and if you don't believe in that sky dad and you could say that about all other religions as well there are things in them that are just absolutely crazy if you're not following them but we all have the right to believe in religion you follow your own religion it's only when you try and force other people to follow your religion that we get into problems and cooper isn't trying to do that she just wants to wear a symbol that to her is very meaningful and she's not trying to do it to upset people she's just doing it because it's special to her and okay there's nothing in wicca that says you have to wear a pentacle but there's nothing in the bible that says you have to wear a crucifix either it's just something that people like to do it's a symbol of their faith and it makes them feel comfortable it makes them feel safe when they have it with them on the other hand cooper's mum does not support her case she views it very much as causing trouble she says that cooper wouldn't be uh, wouldn't have been attacked by the drunk guys who attack her if she wouldn't keep talking about wicker all the time and if she wouldn't make a display of herself so it basically comes down to it being about the relationship between cooper and her mother and the damage that's being done to that by this and it's the tension in all those interpersonal relationships that makes the plot seem like it has much higher stakes because at the end of the day this this could be the book where families fall apart and and where wounds are created between people that are not then healed as the book series continues so i was quite interested in that the end of the book is actually quite open it ends at the hearing um the second hearing over whether cooper can wear her pentacle or not um, a lot of pagans have turned up for this and they're there to represent their community which i thought was quite nice and another lawyer shows up who is a lawyer from new york who is a wiccan and she's there to basically say that she's won cases previously where people were persecuted for being pagan uh, where um one of the situations they usually talk about is people wanting to have the pentacle on their gravestone if they're in the military because you're allowed to have a religious symbol or people who are in prison who are not allowed to practice their faith although to be honest i think if you're in prison you maybe shouldn't get like an athme and candles because you can stab people or set things on fire but you should definitely be allowed texts and other more harmless accoutrements if you want to practice your religion that's that's just a thing that you should have access to so she shows up and she makes this point and cooper is allowed to keep her pentacle basically which is wonderful and the big surprise at the end is that kate who has been basically held hostage by her family manages to break away from them and come to the hearing and she publicly declares herself by standing up with all the others to be a follower of wicca and there is definite sense that she has drawn a line in the sand and that the following book is going to deal very much with the fallout from what has happened 
So obviously I bought that book right away because I love drama. Um, it is, however, the eighth book in the series, is the last book that you can get reasonably priced as a paperback. I've been buying these for sort of two, three pounds on eBay. Uh, this one I think I actually bought from Amazon. It was about four pounds, so it was already getting slightly more expensive. The next one I couldn't find for less than seven pounds. And considering that they were like four ninety nine in US dollars when they were printed, that's quite a steep increase in price. Uh, some copies are also going for like $40. So I'm guessing that not a lot of people bought these when they were new. And consequently, now that they're, I guess, out of print, they are quite hard to come across. So I am buying the next book in Kindle format and we'll see how we get along with that one. That one deals with Samhain and with Annie trying to contact her parents. So I'm guessing it has more of a, a fantastical, magical plotline. But to be honest, after reading this one, I don't mind so much. As long as it carries on the saga of, you know, Kate and her family and the sort of anti-pagan movement that's been introduced, then there'll be enough in there to keep me interested. There are quite a few sections that I sort of wanted to share from this book, but I'm going to go with one from sort of near the end, page 204. And this is... Uh, from a mock trial that the anti-Wiccan teacher makes them do in history class. Basically, Cooper becomes the accused. Um, she's accused of taking freedom of speech too far and basically bordering on hate speech, I suppose, by using the pentacle as a symbol to wear in public. And uh, Annie was is called up out of the class to defend her. And there's also a, a prosecutor, I suppose. But this is from Annie's defence. And I just thought it raised some interesting issues that you can definitely bring up when you're talking to people about why they would find this symbol offensive and the reasoning behind banning a symbol uh, is it just because it's offensive to the majority that it becomes offensive or does it actually have to be offensive annie turned to cooper you're a vegetarian right cooper nodded since i was 12 she answered how does it make you feel when you go through the lunch line and see hamburgers being served asked annie Cooper shuddered. It's disgusting, she said. The way those cows are raised and killed is horrible. But you've never asked to have meat taken off the menu, said Annie. No, Cooper said. If people want to poison their bodies with that garbage and contribute to the enslavement of animals, that's their business. Annie nodded. Then she turned to the class. We have a lot of young women who attend Beecher Falls High, she said. We walk through the halls every day and sometimes when we do, guys say stuff to us and they call us sweetie or inform us that we look really hot well a lot of us don't like this we also don't like looking at pictures of silicone enhanced models that a lot of the guys take to their locker doors all around the room girls nodded their heads in agreement with annie encouraged by this she continued maybe we should ban those kinds of pictures she said eliciting a series of boos and groans from some of the male students maybe we should make it an offense to call a girl honey or gorgeous to many of us that kind of talk is offensive and threatening she paused, letting her words sink in. She and Cooper had come up with a list of examples she could use in her argument. She'd already presented the first two, and it was time to use the last one. A lot of students are into sports, she said. Many of you in this room are wearing clothes with team logos on them. Did you know that some people are trying to ban some of those logos because they're offensive? Think about it. The Washington Redskins. Native American groups are highly offended by that image. The Atlanta Braves and their so-called tomahawk chop. It's a horribly racist image, but have those things been banned? No. But those are just fun, protested a boy in the back row. It's sports. 
Annie looked at Mrs Greeley to see if she was going to comment on that outburst, but she was looking at Annie with a tight-lipped expression on her face. Annie knew the teacher was angry because she was hitting home with a lot of people. To you, it's just sports, said Annie. To other people, they're images that perpetuate offensive stereotypes. So here's the question we need to answer. Why are some potentially offensive words and images protected while others aren't? Is it because they have to be offensive to the majority of people before they're considered really terrible? The necklace Cooper wears is being singled out simply because she's a minority. People don't understand what Wicca is. They don't want to take the time to understand it, so instead they try to get rid of it by banning its symbols. Is that right? I don't think so. We all have something that upsets us, whether it's seeing images of women portrayed as objects, hamburgers in the cafeteria, or necklaces that make us uneasy. If we banned everything that made people think, we'd be nothing but a school filled with mindless drones. So before you vote, think about this. Tomorrow, something you think is important might be the next target. I think that's an interesting section. Um, obviously, that's why I read it. I don't agree with all the examples necessarily. I agree that you can't ban other people from eating meat in front of you just because you're a vegetarian. I agree to a certain extent that you can't ban people from having pictures of women in their lockers. Uh, although obviously having like pornographic pictures is kind of a toxic environment for young women. But just, you know, regular pictures of like there used to be posters that you could get of like Buffy in a sexy top and all that. That's just a picture. You know, you can't really ban those. It's not like they're topless or anything. I think the sports one is where I really start to disagree because I absolutely think that the Redskins logo and all of that stuff is, is really racist and they should abandon it and just change to a different mascot. I don't see why they want to keep it so badly. But I think the idea behind that argument is kind of a sound one. This idea that just because something is offensive to... The majority of people does that is that the reason we have to get rid of it does something become offensive just because a lot of people think that it is when you think about what for example the crucifix represents to people so the, the majority of people it represents jesus it represents the christian faith it represents a lot of good and positive things but what if somewhere down the line people stop practicing christianity as much it becomes a minority religion and the things that most people talk about about Christianity are the Crusades and the Inquisition and all of the murders and all of the disgusting hate crimes that have been committed in the name of Christianity. You know, what if instead of thinking about the crucifix as an image of the sacrifice of Jesus, they start seeing it only as crosses burning on someone's lawn? That would become a negative and offensive symbol. But does that mean that someone who practiced Christianity wouldn't be able to wear it anymore? Would they be denied the symbol of their faith just because it means negative things to a whole bunch of people? No, I don't think that's right at all. I think that there are some people who think that symbols can be offensive. And I think if there's a genuine reason behind that, like obviously the Redskins symbol is incredibly racist towards Native American people. It's not a made up or ignorant assumption people have said that native american people have come out and said this is offensive to us and we're not happy about it i think that's a reason when you can get rid of something i think where there is disagreement where there is a kind of unclear reason for something to be offensive i think that's when we get into trouble because you can't just ban things because people say that it offends them there has to be an actual reason and they have to understand why and if they think that a symbol 
is offensive because they've misunderstood it I think that's the point at which you need to say hang on a minute I don't think we can just blanket ban everything that people don't understand just because it might offend them so yeah this uh, book the five paths book eight in the series definitely deals with a lot of heavy stuff it made me think about quite a lot of stuff um in terms of not just paganism and about expressing that paganism and my beliefs but also about how we view other things that are perhaps offensive to us and whether those things are actually offensive and whether we understand them or not and it's made me think about how I view different symbols and things that I personally find offensive like the Nazi version of the swastika like the confederate flag it's made me think about how banning those works because I don't think they should be banned per se because obviously they're important to history we need to remember that those things happened so they don't happen again specifically with the swastika but I do think that there's a time and a place and it depends I think very much on the intent of the person displaying the symbol Cooper's intent in the book is just to show her faith to remind herself of her faith and to keep her focused on it if someone was wearing a pentacle just to be shocking just to court rumour that they're a satan worshipper that would be offensive to me as a pagan it's offensive to me when i see pentacles being sold in claire's accessories just as it's offensive to me when i see people selling like rosaries and things in claire's accessories just because you know they've seen singers and artists wearing them and they want to copy them because it's a religious symbol using it in that way to me is a little bit offensive because you're not following that religion you're just taking from it for yourself similarly if someone has a folder with them at school say with a swastika on it because they're doing a project and that's the front cover of their project that wouldn't offend me that's just a picture if they decided to wear it as an armband into school again to be shocking or to actually be aggressive towards students who are jewish or black because it's been adopted as sort of just a racist symbol in general then obviously that is offensive i think it is definitely down to the use and the presentation of symbols which is where the offense lies if you have any thoughts to share on this subject or if you've got any other books that you suggest reading please do get in touch remember you can do that on twitter which is at witchfix and you can do it by email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com otherwise you can catch up with me in the next episode on Castbox or YouTube, and I'll see you then. Bye.